back to another edition of Thinking Logically. It's the Podfather, Mark Graninetti, joined by the baby daddy, the new father in town, Dr. Joseph Anthony Corsi. You're probably all wondering where we've been over the last week, and we picked a really, really horrible week to take a uh, take a hiatus, if you will. So we'll get into that. Uh, I-, I was down in Walt Disney World for the 50th anniversary, Saturday through Wednesday. And then, Joe, you were a little bit busy uh, on uh, Thursday and Friday. So uh, if our listeners do not know, Joe, congratulations. You are now officially a father. Crew Corsi has come into the world. Joe, congratulations on Thank becoming you. a father. Thank you. So uh, talk, a, talk a little bit about, tell us a little bit about what it was like watching your son enter the world. Honestly, words cannot even describe. Um, people have told me whenever I announced my, you know, Kingsley was pregnant, uh, you know, it's a game changer. I've heard so many different things. It's a game changer. It'll change your life. N- no words. No, no, nothing could ever prepare you for that. I mean, it was, I get, I tear up just, just talking about it already. It's only been about three or four days, but it was honestly amazing. He, when he came out, it was, it was like time stopped and everything moved in slow motion. And he just, he opened his eyes. I couldn't hear anyone, any of the nurses talking or the doctor or anyone screaming and he just opened these big blue eyes, looked at my wife, looked back at me, looked back at Kingsley, and then he just opened his mouth and like that's what you all picture, like the crying, and then they take him on the table and wave. And I, I was just like lost. I cut the cord, don't even remember cutting the cord. Um, my mother-in-law, I have to give her a big shout out because she was in there recording it. Um, she was over my shoulder recording. I, I was just in, in a daze, man. I, I honestly don't know what happened from about 30 seconds after after he came out until about oh man i don't i don't even know i i don't even know i remember putting bloody scissors down on on a table and walking around aimlessly and uh apparently he had a believe it or not the doctors were great because apparently the cord was actually wrapped around his neck a little bit and they were able to solve that within within seconds there was no issues and he actually swallowed a little bit of amniotic fluid and they had to like pump that him out of him or whatever but i honestly don't remember that much after I saw them big blue eyes. Um, but it definitely changes you. It, it, I mean, I got to hold him. Well, obviously, Kingsley got to kind of hold him first. And if anyone's a sports fan, it's like when Jordan won the championship and, and held the trophy and just sobbed uncontrollably. That, that's the best way I could put it. That's what I was like. And I'm not a big emotional guy. I don't wear my emotions on my sleeve. But that was a moment that I could live over forever and ever because it was beautiful and I've never experienced anything like that any emotion like that and then the way they just look at you and they're so innocent and and beautiful and i could go on talking about it for days i really could yeah your brain probably has never produced chemicals like that no and it's like a light switch honestly it's it's like a light switch just flips on and i went 36 hours without sleep that that first that that day at the hospital because she was induced so we got there at like six in the morning on a Thursday. They decided on Wednesday it was just best to just induce now because I don't know. I don't know what, what the reason, but she was only four days away from her due date anyway. And we were at the hospital for 36, 38 hours without sleep. And anytime he would cry, it's just like you get up and you don't care. It's not like a chore. It's not like, you know, you got to get up and take the garbage out. You want to do it. 
in in enjoyment out of it. I mean, Love it's it. it's the best thing ever, Mark. You're gonna experience something like that in the very near future. Your next man up. Um, it's you're gonna love it, man. Honestly, you're you're gonna love it. I'm, I'm sure it's gonna be a lot of work here going forward, but I can't wait. I'm not gonna lie, I cannot wait. And I got to give a shout out to obviously my my parents. They they're, they're great. They're gonna be. But my mother in law, who was in the hospital the whole time, filming, recording everything, and then she came over to the house and just did so much work and helped me and my wife out. And then I also have to give Kingsley because she took it like a champ. Honestly, I mean, I she, she three three hours after giving birth, she was changing diapers, walking around, carrying him. I mean, I never, never expected her to be that strong to be able to, for lack of better words, shit a child out and then literally be doing everything. I mean, she, she didn't, we had actually had a fight over who got to feed him, who had to hold him, who got to that. It, it was like, we both want to just do it so bad. And, and like I said, she, she just went through all that and she was able to do it two or three hours later. I mean, it's amazing. Awesome. It's amazing what the body can go through and, and what just you're right. able to do. All right. Well, you guys will be great parents because you guys were raised by great parents. So, um, and we have this convergence going on right now with, uh, with your son being born with school starting back up again with football, uh, beginning here, uh, in the next few days, but we have promised, we made a promise or we we're promising our listeners. You will not notice any downtime from us. We are still going to be delivering you at least two episodes a week. At least that's our goal moving forward here throughout the fall. So um, we will promise you we will get you two episodes a week uh, to listen on your drive into work or on your way home or at the gym, whatever it may be. Uh, we are not taking any time off uh, as we go forward here. So we did. I will say a- this. I will <laughs> say ahead. this about taking time off. I literally took almost three full days off, didn't pay attention to a lick of the news. And it is hard because I had a lot of catching up to do starting this morning. <laughs> Oh, I mean, my God, dear I know. Lord. When I got to Disney World Saturday, I was in that Disney bubble for about four days, and I wasn't paying attention to anything. And then I saw Trump's residence, Mar-a-Lago, got raided by the FBI. I said, you have to be kidding me. I, You know, we, we, we needed to put something out right then and there, but, you know, we knew that with, with the, my trip and, and your baby, this wasn't going to happen. So um, it's Sunday night, August 14th, San Rocco weekend. Viva San Rocco to everyone who celebrated this weekend. I was at San Francisco Cabrini last night, San Rocco Foundation, uh, supporting them. Great crowd. Uh, watch the baby doll dance. Watch one of our listeners by the name of John Ambrose play the money wheel. So that was entertaining. But a uh, no, great crowd over at, over at San Francisco Cabrini supporting the San Rocco Foundation in uh, – just a great weekend. 97th San Rocco Festa. So miracles live on. And uh, yeah, it's a great, great weekend. So, um, all right, let's get into it. We obviously, we, we're, we are going to address the elephant in the room. Uh, Trump's uh, Mar-a-Lago raided by the FBI. We will get into that. We will give our takes on that. Um, trying to separate ourselves from the national media uh, that has given their opinion and in whatever you want to call it over the last few days so we will get into that we will get into the irs hiring eighty-seven thousand new agents stasi. As, the, stasi. The, the stasi we will get into that 
But before we do that, we need to cover some things that were buried by the wall-to-wall coverage of Mar-a-Lago Raid over the last week. So, Joe, go ahead. Okay, first, ABC News reported and confirmed that only around 30% of the weapons and supplies going to Ukraine can actually be accounted for. So basically what we've been saying the whole time, it's probably a money laundering scheme, but the fact that we're sending stuff there, we have no idea if it's getting there, what hands it's falling into. And this is some, this isn't like, you know, AR-15s and shotguns and pistols. These are, these are like missiles and other type of high-tech weapons that we're sending there, along with tons of our money, tax money probably, but only 30%. So 30%. one out of three ain't bad, I guess. How do we how do we know that it's actually getting to the front lines? I, I don't understand. I, I don't know where they even get thirty percent. What what constitutes a hundred percent? We don't know anything. How is it getting to the front lines? Ukraine is basically a landlocked country. Who's flying the supplies in? I don't think Russia would be cool with a with a NATO country flying stuff into Ukraine to be used against Russian soldiers to kill and maim them. So I don't know how the weapons are even getting there. It's a very good point. I, no one seems to know. I mean. They have sent over $50 billion, $50 billion with a B, in aid, in weapons, to Ukraine. What? I, I just don't understand how it's getting there. Is, is it being staged in Poland? Is it being airlifted into to Ukraine? It just doesn't make any sense at all. And this 30% number actually seems kind of accurate, if you ask me. I thought it might have actually been even a little bit lower, but... I, I would I, I will go with the thirty percent and say you know what this probably is is correct. So, like Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad, but one out of three getting to Ukraine is that's not good. That's not yeah. Good and and if it's not and if it's not getting to the front lines, if it's not being used against against the Russians in this war, then who is it going to, and who's using it? <laughs> I, I hope it's not like any terrorists or any like cells over there or, or subgroups over there. I, I, I don't know. That is a very good question. But what's going to happen is you, you might find out it could take a couple of years from now where a terrorist organization sets off a bomb or something that was that was an American bomb sent to Ukraine and was lost in the trip over. I mean, there's so many scenarios we could we could we could war game out where how this will turn out bad. I mean, sending deadly weapons to a country, a whole world away, basically. And only 30% is getting there, and we don't know where the other 70 is going. That's that's kind of a big deal. Yep. Yep. And you could thank and you could thank this administration who to date has had one of the worst foreign policy blunders after blunders. We'll just say blunders plural. Year and a half of an administration you could possibly conceive. Bar none. And this is just and this is just another notch in their belt um, that another mistake that they have been making. So. All right. What else we got? Okay, so the FBI, we'll get to them later, but the FBI failed to deliver the Hunter Biden documents to Congress by the deadline of August 9th. Oh, I just don't even, you could go so many ways to this. First of all, the Hunter Biden laptop stuff was supposed to be Russian disinfo going into the 2020 election. And then it's all but confirmed. And 
I, I don't know how they could get away with doing this. This is the, the president's son. What he's doing on camera with the drugs, whatever, that's that's not necessarily I'm not worried about that stuff. It's it's embarrassing. It's a black eye for our country. Don't get me wrong. What I'm worried about is the business deals that were on the laptop with countries like China and Ukraine and even Russia. It's why is this not priority number one for the FBI? Why are like parents going to school board meetings a, a higher priority than Hunter Biden and his father? In their business dealings and and hookers and crack and everything else, too. But I mean, and, and lying uh, uh, about purchasing a firearm and saying you're not, not a drug addict or anything like that. I mean, there's so many things, but mm. it's just a two tier justice system. It, it's sick. Well, let, let me let me ask you this question. When you talk to the Democrats and the liberals out there. They believe that this is not a big deal, that this is not an issue that this is not important, what would be your answer to them on this uh, issue? Why, why should the Democrats and the liberals out there who think that this is Hunter Biden is just, you know, not, not, not important in the grand scheme of things, what would you say to them? Honestly, you, there's, there's nothing you can't say to them because they're going to turn around and they're going to say, well, Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump or Ivana Trump. And it's, it's tit for tat. And they, they don't know anything, honestly. So it's pointless even arguing with them. But like I would say, I guess, hey, where are we sending all these billions of our tax dollars to? Ukraine? Hmm. Well, what if I told you that Hunter Biden is on video talking about his business dealings with Shell gas companies? And I don't want to say not Shell the company, just shell companies that deal in energy probably in Ukraine and his father's involved in those deals. Doesn't that seem like a conflict of interest, ma'am or woman or he or him or her or his, I don't even know what yep. the pronouns would be, but they change on the fly, but, uh, and you're not going to get an answer out of them. They're, they don't think logically, not to bring that up, but they just don't think logically. They can't put that together. The fact that we're sending billions on billions of dollars to a country where Joe Biden, they, they might have Joe Biden compromised. Like, do, do you remember? Do you remember <laughs> everyone's like, do. "Oh my God, Trump's Trump's compromised by by Russia. He's Putin's puppet," and then that whole crossfire hurricane was all based on lies, which we we'll get into that later with the FBI. But here we have a real we have we have the son of a president on video talking to hookers smoking crack, talking about his business dealings. I mean, I guess Joe Biden can use the the defense like, "Yeah, you can't listen to anything my son says. He's a crackhead," but he doesn't even try that. He says he's the smartest man he knows. Uh, so I have two things here. Replace Hunter Biden's name with Donald Trump Jr. They would be they would be so outraged if this was Donald Trump Jr. doing this. Right? Oh my God. Number you, one. And, and the news the news would be able to cover it wall to wall, wall to wall forever. And number two, Hunter Biden better enjoy his vacation down in Kiowa. Because when the Republicans take back the Congress and definitely the House, pray it's the Senate, but definitely the House in November, they are going to absolutely torch him in congressional hearing after congressional hearing. You can mark my words. I, I hope to God you're right. They will not let this go. And they shouldn't. And they some some Republicans will some Republicans will because they're fake and they're rhinos, which which well. makes me angry. But but for the ones getting in, we have to make sure the ones we're voting in are, are doing what they're supposed to and not trying to brush stuff under the rug. 
Well, I think I think Donald Trump's endorsements. I think he was like 167. He had 167 wins in his endorsements in the primary season so far this year. So that's a good that's a good sign. That's a good number. So um, we'll come back. We'll we'll talk more about this, you know, in the future and and as we move on. But we also have uh, Nancy Pelosi buying more stock in a semiconductor company days before the chip bill passed. You want to talk about that? It just makes me sick because, again, if, you, if you're in Congress, you shouldn't be allowed to trade stocks. Simple as that. I mean, she has obviously inside information. How do you think most of these Congress men and women become wealthy? It's a lot of it is through trading, you know, stocks. Tips and, and everything. Yep. And Elizabeth Warren actually came out and I'll give her credit whether, you know, this, you know, she means this or not. She is, you know, wants to ban people in Congress from trading stocks like this. So, you know, good on her for coming out and being public with this. But, you know, uh, we'll see if it gets passed. We'll see if, if something comes out that we'll see if this was maybe the tipping point for these, you know, people in Congress that are doing this. But it's just arrogance and it's, you know, them just doing it right in our face. Right in our face. Makes yep. me sick. I don't want to, I, let's, let's move on. I don't want to talk about it. I'm starting to get sweaty and hot now. So, All right. We have the one-year anniversary of the Biden administration making the Taliban a top 25 military power by leaving billions in military equipment there during a failed withdrawal. Go ahead and talk about that. Can't believe it was one year ago. Yeah, it was one year ago. And you know what makes me sick? We, we, we give Jen Paskey, the former press secretary, lots of credit because she was good at her job. But for weeks leading up to this, they they reporters were doing their due diligence for once, actual journalism, and they were asking, hey, it seems to us from reports we're getting in Afghanistan that they might not really want to to fight. They might not be and they might just be giving up. And that's exactly what happened. And it was a botched withdrawal because they gave up a uh, what was it? The well, I can't remember what military air base it was, which was on a hill in a very defensive position. They just gave it up and they decided to use a commercial airport as the main evacuation site. And you saw how that turned out. You had people falling out of airplanes. You had how many U.S. servicemen killed. And it was just a giant black eye. We put how many trillions of dollars, and not even the dollars, just our own citizens, just blood. And, and do you know how many people were maimed and came back as half the person they were, both physically and mentally, and people that lost everything? And what, what was it for? What was it all for? Nothing. Nothing. It was, I think you're. I think you're referring to Bagram Air Base that they yes, gave up. Yes. Yes. That's just it. outside of uh, just outside of Kabul. Um, but just, I mean, one of the great, one of the great foreign policy blunders by any administration. A total Ever. debacle. Total debacle. So, um, yeah, I can't believe that was a year ago. Actually, so that yeah. was. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you forget because there's been so much more of this shit show going on. It's yeah. like every month it's a new new embarrassment. Honestly, honestly, the, the botched Afghanistan withdrawal should be enough to make people angry enough to vote the opposite way. Like, you are completely incompetent. I mean, one decision after another. This, this is the third world army. This is the Taliban. This is the Taliban. Right. They were hiding in caves and, and stuff. And now they have, the, I think it's like the, the 17th largest air force in yeah. the world. 
But the fact that this happened in 2021, the election isn't until 2024. This will be out of people's minds. They won't think about it. They won't, you know, think back to this. And this will just will not be another, this won't be an even an issue in the 2024 election when it should be like a top three issue. Give it enough time and give the media enough time to spin and get their narrative. And this will be blamed on Trump coming into 2024. It'll be his fault somehow. Watch. Yeah. Just watch. Right. All right. Um, we have, you can take the next one. Okay. So this, this one kind of blew my mind. So the CDC is admitting that when it comes to COVID-19, there's no difference at all between a vaccinated and an unvaccinated person, which, which is I mean, what happened to this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And that if all, again, all the people on CNN and MSNBC, when they went to the hospitals, people crying on their deathbeds, wishing they got vaccinated or people that recovered going back to the hospitals and apologizing for interrupting the nurses, TikTok dances and or not the TikTok dances. I'm sorry for, inter- for, for getting sick with COVID-19. It's just so stupid. And now they basically admit that, there's no difference. And I wonder why they're doing this this now, because this is not a good look. If they have to finally come out and admit this, there's got to be something else. Yep. There. I want to read. I want to read to our listeners here. This is uh, this is from NPR posted this. This is from the CDC. New COVID-19 guidance from CDC focuses on individual decisions. I want everyone to listen carefully as I read these four bullet points. You guys ready? Those exposed to the virus are no longer required to quarantine. Unvaccinated people now have the same guidance as vaccinated people. Students can stay in class after being exposed to the virus. And finally, it's no longer recommended to screen those without symptoms. Would you look at that? Would you look at that? I'm telling you, there's something more there. We have, like I said in a couple episodes ago, we have two control groups because not everyone got vaccinated. Probably there's about 30 country that doesn't have any shots. So we have two distinct control groups, the vaccinated, vaccinated, and we probably have one with people that are getting boosters too. So they're trying to just make you memory hold this for some reason. And we cannot let that happen. I mean, you were one of the first people to come out and say, people criticized you a lot. People thought you were crazy. I know. You were the one saying this probably two it. years ago. And, you know, I call you the meme God because everyone knows you, you are really, you know, aggressive on Instagram with your memes and your stories. And, and, and you were out in front of this literally two years ago. You try telling people this two years ago. And now, uh, the CDC has come around and it was basically saying what you said two years ago. And you said, I sent this to you and you said, so basically Florida's guidelines from 2021. Right on. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone we gotta, everyone, we, everyone uh, killed Ron DeSantis saying he was murdering people in Florida. We didn't take enough time preparing because we could have looked up probably about a hundred headlines saying how DeSantis was killing. They, they called him DeSantis. I mean, yep. some of the nicknames, Der Santis with him in a Nazi uniform. I, I, there's just so <laughs> many. And it turns out he was right all along, but they'll never give him credit. Never. 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 Um, but uh, it's just amazing that they have come full circle on this now and have completely reversed course with this new guidance. So, but you know what? Good on them. Hopefully this leads to a normal school year for most schools across America. 
hopefully this leads to less disruptions in classrooms and schools and teachers can get back to, you know, teaching students and get back to learning. So hopefully that is what this will lead to. Don't hold uh, your then, breath. Don't hold your breath. No, I think, I think it is, but we'll see. And then the, uh, and then the last one, you have something here on Alzheimer's you wanted to mention. This, this is another one that made me drop my jaw because this lines up with everything. The, the, the experts have not been faring that well lately, but okay. The principal study in all of the uh, Alzheimer's research was based on fabricated scans, studies, and research. We learned it's actually not a result from protein masses in the brain. So that means that every treatment that is being used for Alzheimer's is based on treating something that doesn't cause it. So color me surprised at that one, I guess. But it's, I mean, this is one of the saddest, saddest illnesses ever. I so forget who they are, whoever one they love is around them. And you're telling me they, it, all the treatments that we've been doing is based on lies. I mean, I'm not surprised, honestly. I mean, I'm a little bit surprised, but I'm not surprised, if that makes right. sense. And you're talking about Alzheimer's, not depression, correct? Yes, yes. Because I did see something came out again with depression, saying all of these, um, these de- this depression medication they've been prescribing has been ineffective as well. Like, that's not the reason that you need that, um, which is something you know we can explore in later episodes. Right. Yeah. So that's something we can explore SSRIs, yeah, and that's something we can explore. Selective, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors for those of you who are doctors, like myself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something we'll explore in later episodes, but we want to keep these yes, episodes yeah. to an hour. Um, yes, so we will come, we will definitely, in the words of Jen Saki, circle back around to that uh, at a later date. But we do want to address the elephant in the room, and that is uh, the FBI raid uh, on, on Mar-a-Lago. But before we do that, um, it has been revealed that Donald Trump was housing a private server at Mar-a-Lago and hired a close associate to wipe it clean with computer software. The FBI also found government phones, which were smashed to prevent evidence from being discovered. Oh, just kidding. That was that was actually Hillary Clinton. <laughs> in 2016. Yeah, in 2016. So, um, Joe, floor is yours. Um, like you, you hit it off right where I was going with it. So before we even really dive into this, let's look at some of the similar stories over the last five years that were completely brushed under the rug. So first, like you said, how many emails was Hillary Clinton able to acid watch or wipe clean off her server? And she was still one for president. I mean, she lost, but she was still able to run for president and never, never faced any prosecution. Okay, we go to another one. Former senior FBI lawyer Kevin Kleinsmith was found guilty of forgery in the Trump Trump Russia probe. He has since been restored to good standing status by the District of Columbia Bar Association, despite not fully cooperating. I guess he he hasn't even he hasn't even served his full sentence. I don't think he just got out early, lied about an email he sent, made it look like a person by the name of Carter Page, who you probably don't know who he is props to you if you if you do but he basically tried to try to make him look like he was a, a, for lack of better terms a spy and we have a, a couple things we'll get into so this is from cheryl atkinson at, at atkinson on twitter so she says remember that time an fbi attorney admittedly doctored admitted that he doctored a document to get a wiretap 
for a Trump associate. That was Carter Page. And the DOJ didn't hold anyone else accountable in the chain of command or apologize. So that's probably why this Klein Smith guy got out early, because he was the fall guy. So that that's one. Um, let's see what else here. So here's another story, and this is from Nicholas Wu on Twitter. A young congressional staffer for Brad Schneider, he's a Democrat out of Illinois, was quietly fired last year after he faked being an FBI agent and led cops on a chase through the Capitol, resulting in a weeks-long nation, weeks nationwide manhunt. Did you ever hear anything about that story, Mark? <laughs> no, this is actually the first I'm hearing of it. Here's another one. And like I said, they, they, they want to try to stop Trump from running, but does everyone forget the riots in 2020? I mean, I don't. I, I don't. Well, the current vice president, a.k.a. Kamala, Kamala, Kamala Harris, raised money to bail out rioters burning down cities in 2020. How many billions did that cost? We went over that last episode. How many billions of dollars it cost insurance companies? And Kamala Harris is bailing people out that are setting fires to those cities. And that's not even an issue today. Okay, well, we'll move on. Um, who's the judge that signed off on this for, for, for Trump? I guess he has Epstein connections. Um, I wonder if anyone will be allowed to go protest outside of his home, like the Supreme Court justices had um, when Roe versus Wade was, or Dobbs' decision on Roe versus Wade was handed down. I mean, we had someone try to actually kill Brett Kavanaugh. That, that got brushed under the rug. No one cares about that anymore. But now people are worried about this judge's safety because his name's been doxxed. Uh, it, <laughs> The hypocrisy is sickening. It's really bad. It's really it's, bad. I mean, where do we where but, do we go from here? So, what else do we have now? There's uh, reports of uh, there, there was Trump supporters that went outside Mar-a-Lago, I guess, right after this happened. So, are, why is the media covering this? Are they praying that we see violence again? I mean, is it really even all Trump supporters there, or do we have people embedded in the crowd? from January 6th or other stuff like that. It's, it's, it's sickening. So here's another tweet about this whole hypocrisy from Sean Davis on Twitter. Um, Everything you need to know about the FBI. When an Islamic terrorist attacked Fort Hood, they called it workplace violence. When a Bernie bro tried to Republican, they called it suicide by cop. But a parent at a school board meeting, the FBI calls that domestic terror. And it's true. And we could actually, we could play a quick video from, uh, about this from Ted Cruz. Uh, it's just lives matter. Instead, you identify as a suspect. And I would note there's a pattern of this. As you're aware, the National Association of School Boards asked the Attorney General to investigate parents as domestic terrorists under the Patriot Act. Now, it did so. It was upset about moms and dads coming to school boards and disagreeing with the policy. And days after that letter, the attorney general sent a memo to you directing the FBI to target parents for investigation. Since that time, the National Association of School Boards has apologized for the letter because it was so indefensible. But that hasn't stopped the FBI. In fact, you created a specific threat tag. Ed, uh, directed at parents. So let me ask you, how many moms and dads who have spoken up at school boards has the FBI interviewed or investigated since the memo from the Attorney General? 
Well, first off, I'll say I'm not aware of any. But second, let me address the issue. You're not aware of any? Like you the House of Representatives has written you, you and asked you. Would let me, if you would let me. So please answer. Please. Uh, let me say to you and to this committee the same thing I said to every FBI field office after I read the memo, which was that the FBI is not going to be in the business of investigating speech or policing speech at school board meetings or anywhere else. Uh, and that we're not about to start now, that threat violence, threats of violence, that's a different matter altogether. And there we will work with our state and local partners as we always have. So Director, Ray, about, Director, Ray, Director Ray, our time is, are, do you know how many parents you have interviewed or investigated since that, that memo? I am aware that we have had a small number of assessments, just less than an investigation, and a few full investigations. Not, hold on. So hold how on, many? Hold, hold on. Oh, let me finish. I, I'm just I'm asking you a question. Right. Time is I don't know the number, but did not necessarily of parents. We have individuals who have made threats against a variety of people, sometimes school board officials, sometimes other okay, people as Director well. Director Ray, I, I will point out the House of Representatives has sent you oversight letters detailing dozens of investigations under a threat tag directed at parents, parents, moms and dads, who GMED have come in because they spoke out against mass mandates or vaccine mandates or critical race theory, and suddenly the G-men show up. And this was after the attorney general claimed it wasn't happening. And so the pattern, sadly, we've seen, you say you don't know how many there are. The follow-up will be, I'll send you a letter, and you'll send back a letter that says I refuse to answer it. Okay, so I should also point out that that was Ted Cruz um, questioning the director of the FBI, Chris Ray. And the next day, Chris Ray actually went on vacation for, I think, a week or two weeks. So we won't be hearing from him for a while. But it shows you that they're spending more time using the Patriot Act to investigate parents at school boards than they are with for everything else that I just listed of people that are actually elected into power and people that have government jobs. You, you, you heard everything I said about the, the FBI lawyer, Kamala Harris, everything. They're going after parents at school board meetings our FBI. This should outrage everyone. And I, I saw this, this tweet from uh, Marco Rubio as well. And let me read this tweet to you. This was on um, Catholic Vote uh, Instagram. The FBI isn't doing anything about the groups vandalizing Catholic churches, firebombing pro-life groups, or threatening Supreme Court justices, but they find time to raid Mar-a-Lago. And before you go on to your next point, I mean, I just want to mention, this just goes to show people how deep the deep state really is. You know, people think the deep state's some myth, some urban legend. These people will go, will not stop at anything to take down Donald Trump. They will not stop until he's either, number one, in jail, number two, in handcuffs, or number three, never able to run for president or step foot in the White House again. What is it with their obsession with this man? If you talk to a Democrat or to someone on the left, they think that Donald Trump is this fascist dictator. Open your eyes, people. It's the other way around. It's the other way around. We are living through probably the, the most fascist time in our country's history right now with what we're seeing. And the people on the left will just blow this off and laugh and think this is 
we're the we're the crazy ones. This is not the case. This is not the case. Go ahead. I mean, you're right. Certain cities, they wanted you to actually show your papers to get around. And by papers, I mean vaccination papers. In Nazi Germany, it was, you know, that that's your papers. But that's that's where we are. I mean, we are living in, in a fascist state. It's it's getting pretty close to it. I mean, people were forced to get shots to keep their jobs. Military was forced to do this, to, to stay in the military. And we'll tie this all in with the IRS when we get there. And and we'll get and we'll come back to this topic as well. But I was just reading today. Novak Djokovic cannot participate in the US Open next month in New York City because he is not vaccinated. Are you freaking kidding me? He can't enter the United States because as a foreign citizen, to enter the United States as a foreign citizen. You have to be vaccinated. If you're an American, I don't I don't think there's any requirement. But if you are a foreign citizen, you need to be vaccinated. And he cannot participate in the U.S. Open because he's not vaccinated. What difference does it make at this point? People need to wake up. People need to wake up. If you aren't angry by listening to this, and I'm sorry. But what are we doing, guys? What are we doing? How can you people honestly look around any person of remote intelligence with a brain? How can you look around and say to yourself, this is the America I want to live in. This is that we're, we're on the right track as a country in a year and a half, in a year and a half, Joe, this president and this administration has orchestrated one of the biggest takedowns in world history, and that's the destruction of the United States. And it's happening before our very eyes. Go ahead. You hit the nail on the head, man. I mean, there's 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 nowhere else to go. I'm I'm not I'm not picking up and moving to a different country. I mean, there's there's there was no better place on earth than here in in a year and a half, 18, 20 months, a lot has changed and not not for the better. And I must have told my students la- the last couple years a hundred times, we live in the greatest country in the world. You have no idea how great we have it here in that. I don't know if I could say that this year. Well, I don't, I don't know. We could have it better, but we it's, it's got to, no one's coming to save us. It's got to be, we, the people, but I, I, and I, I texted you this almost a year ago and I've texted a few people this. I said, I guarantee Trump, Trump will be indicted before 2024 or arrested or charged with some kind of crime. They, they are not just going to let, and I, I think I did say it to you when they do, you'll know they're desperate. And right. it seems that way now. I mean, some they, of the libs they, think this is the end, but... They call this an extinction burst event. They know what's coming. They know that they're going to lose in November, potentially very, very big. They know that their time is running out. What do you do when your time is when you know your time is running out? You become desperate. And this is what desperation looks like. They're going to perp walk Donald Trump in Washington, D.C. They will have him in handcuffs. They're going to have him up in court. You can almost guarantee this is going to happen. But this man is ready for a fight. This man is ready for a fight. I don't care if you love him or hate him. I'm somewhere in between. But real vote now. The one good thing that could come out of a Trump indictment is the possibility that we finally get 
to see some evidence be presented in a court of law. So I say, get it over with. Please do it. Do it already. Please. This should galvanize the right so bad where they have, they're going to break all kinds of voter turnout records in November. How this is going to, I hope it does, at least I think it will backfire on the left for doing this to Donald Trump. This should galvanize the right in ways that you've never seen before for doing this. Okay. And, and anyone that cares about like your rights as a citizen, any, it doesn't, you don't have to be a Republican. It could be, you could be just people that care. They can knock on your door and you could be next. And listen, and we're, we're not saying that Donald Trump is above the law. That's not what we're saying here. He's not king. But Joe, finish, finish what you have here about this topic. And we'll, okay. we'll move on from there. Go ahead. So some of my sources tell me that actually the morning of January 20th, and this isn't confirmed, this, this, this might be wrong. But on the morning of January 20th, 2021, it's possible that Trump took these documents in question, which were still classified at the time, on the plane with him to Mar-a-Lago. Because you have to remember, he didn't attend the inauguration of Joe Biden. He got on the plane and went to Mar-a-Lago at like nine in the morning, eight in the morning while he was still president. And then uh, supposedly, while still president in Mar-a-Lago, officially had them declassified. Now, I don't particularly know what the process is for declassifying high level intelligence, but from what I understand, uh, as long as you're president, you could just I, th- I think this came from Jack Fazovic. You could pretty much just wave your hand over something and say this is declassified and you're, you're the president. You're the commander in chief. It's declassified. And according to Cash Patel, who was the former chief of staff to the secretary of defense, I believe. Um, and I, I don't know, according to him and the rules, I guess the POTUS can literally, like I said, stand over documents and say these are now declassified. So what is this all about? Why the raid now? I mean. This, this actually isn't anything new. The Washington Post published, I think I sent this to you, the Washington Post published an article in early February that reported Trump had records at Mar-a-Lago, including some that were more classified. So why did they wait until now to raid? And he was actually, I think he was actually cooperating with their investigation. And they decided to just surprise raid him. I think they waited until they got the right judge, if you want my opinion. But that makes, it's just weird that the judge, yep. judge is an Epstein lawyer. It was Epstein's lawyer. But of yep. course, they waited to this judge was in the rotation and he approved it. And the judge signed the warrant. And the warrant was for, I think it was like for 14 days, like for like 14 days to do this search, this raid, we'll call it. And then he signs the warrant and then they waited three days to execute the raid, the search. So if it was this, you know, big important thing why don't why not just why'd they wait so long like you said they they published this article in february now they get a warrant in august yeah they wait three days what what's 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 so urgent we we don't even know what the reason for the raid was like you figure in a free country and with transparency like ours especially when you're going after a former populist president you would you would get the reason for the raid now Attorney General Garden, I think he said something about actually he didn't. I think it was leaked to the Washington Post or it was leaked to, to a paper that this is about the nuclear weapons codes and the nuclear football or something like that. Come on. Are we serious? This has to be a joke. Yeah. I mean, the leaks, the leaks that we've heard are saying that it had something to do with the Espionage Act. Are you kidding me? 
I mean, the Espionage Act. So Donald Trump. So the Democrats think that Donald Trump took classified documents after he left the White House and took them down to Mar-a-Lago, where he had them, where he apparently never, from what they say, never declassified them, had them in, in a room, a uh, secure room, with like all kinds of locks on, on this room. Uh, and that wasn't good enough. So I, I just, this, this doesn't add up at all. I, I really don't fully understand uh, what the deal is. There's been so much out there in the media and the news that's talked about this, but like, like you said, it doesn't add up. Talk about, talk about the FBI headquarters in Cincinnati. Okay. Um, well, well, real quick. So there was, was, there were claims that the FBI supposedly planted evidence there. But does anyone remember what we talked about with the Governor Whitmer case from Michigan? I mean, they kind of tried to frame people for kidnapping and murdering the governor. So this isn't – the FBI doing dirty things is not outside – it's not conspiracy anymore. But, okay, so after the FBI does raid Mar-a-Lago, what's all of a sudden happens next? I think a day or two later, we have shots fired at the FBI headquarters in Cincinnati. Give me a break. Some people might fall for this shit. Mark, but I'm not. I mean, they're going to try to blame actions like this on Trump supporters because it sets a narrative. It sets a nice narrative for them. And don't forget, we still don't know what happened with Uvalde. We don't know what happened in Buffalo a few weeks before that with the shooting. And the FBI was the FBI knew about the shooter in, in Uvalde. And the FBI was actually in a chat room with the shooter in Buffalo. A former FBI agent was in a chat room with the Buffalo shooter right before he went on that shooting rampage. So how do we know the FBI doesn't know this guy in Cincinnati? I mean, I know there's a connection there. We'll, we'll find it eventually. But this, this raid in general and all this stuff, to all you libs out there, be careful what you are celebrating. Be very careful because you're going to wind up looking like an idiot again. Just like after you have all day when you, all you want to do is ban AR-15s. We still never got any answers from that. Just like with vaccines, just like with COVID, just like with masks, just like with lockdowns, you're going to wind up in hindsight looking like a dumbass so be careful what you are celebrating here yep and, and, and we talked about this before they will they will not stop they will not stop in their attacks on donald trump the russia was a hoax was fake all right um we have the, the they impeached him twice uh, for a conversation with the president of ukraine are you kidding me and he and he just he he showed the whole conversation he had. He actually declassified that and showed the entire world his entire conversation with that. Joe Biden still hasn't done that from the days before the Russia Russia Ukraine invaded Ukraine. Still never got what he said to Zelensky. What Joe Biden said to Zelensky the day before that. Yeah, and and they they just won't stop. That they are completely obsessed, enamored with with Donald Trump. I mean, how much how much can one person take? Can one family take? constantly day after day after day of being attacked this is why people always say like why do you ever want to go into like not me personally but why would you ever want to go into politics because this is it's just it's just insane and he is being attacked day after day after day as well as his family they raided uh apparently the the first lady's closet they wouldn't let his attorneys into mar-a-lago when they were raiding the residents just go in and let them, know, let them know. I'm sure they would have cooperated. You know, they, it sounds like that, he, like you said, he was cooperating to begin with. Yeah. So it, it's just like you said, be careful what you wish for. 
Um, you know, people say that, you know, we are, we are, you know, he, he is some dictator, right? Some fascist dictator. That's what the left says about Donald Trump in that the America's democracy is teetering. If he wins somehow, if he runs and wins in 2024 and our democracy somehow doesn't hold up, it's not going to be because of Donald Trump. It's going to, it's going to be because the left forced him and forced whoever else to act that way because of what they've done. Now, do I think that's going to happen? No, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I, but, you know, they are pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. I mean, how much, how much can one person take? It's crazy. It's almost like they want him to, to spot out of control and do something stupid. That That's why they keep on. They, they, I'm telling you, they're desperate. They Some people desperate. might not they see have, it. They have nothing on him. Nothing. They haven't had anything on him since they started. Since he announced that he was going to run for president. That's when the attack started. Said it before in a previous podcast. He wasn't, he wasn't hated like this before he ran for president. And all of a sudden he runs for president, he becomes president. He's now the most, one of the most hated men in the world. For what? For what? He is, so. he is probably the most hated man in the world. Um, you know who is a close second, though? Oh, tell me. Erwin R. Scheister. <laughs> <laughs> That, that, that's the clip from Erwin R. Scheister, <laughs> WWF legend, IRS. So let's yep. move on to the 87,000 new Stasi agents, the, the foot soldiers of the new, this new want, administration's foot soldiers. I want, oh, I want our listeners to imagine, um, like, we'll say Beaver Stadium out in Penn State. Fill it. Fill it. That's about how many new IRS agents there are. And they're going to be Beaver Stadium holds more than eighty-seven thousand, but you get the point. And everyone there has seven thousand new IRS agents. Go ahead. All with guns inside the stadium because they want armed agents. Uh, I, I wish I don't have it saved. I wish I had the application. They took it offline before I had a chance to save it. But they had an a- application. They want people willing to use deadly force too. It, it was it was in the application. I'm not making. Yeah, it I saw it. I saw it. So mm-hmm. why do they why do they need so many eighty seven thousand new agents when there's only around seven seven hundred and change billionaires in America we'll say so that tells me right away they're not going after the rich they're going after people making much much less they're they're mafia foot soldiers let's call it what it is how exactly does auditing six hundred and one dollar PayPal transactions impact billionaires more than the average American like I said this is the shit the mafia used to do. They come around, they say, hey, nice business you have there. Be ashamed if it burned to the ground. Why don't you give us some of that money for protection so it doesn't? So what's going to happen when you don't pay your taxes now? Are they going to have their thugs come and shake you down in front of your family if you don't pay it? Better question. Will any of these new IRS agents audit the Federal Reserve? Our Our founding fathers would be stacking bodies like firewood by now. These three letter agencies are quickly becoming enemy combatants. So we should treat them as such if they're going to start with this. Mark? 87,000 new IRS agents. Let that sink in. 
I don't even know how many we currently have to begin with. But 87,000, like you said, who do you think that they're going to go after? The top 1%? I don't think so. I don't think so. The people that get audited the most, it shows, are, are like the lower income Americans. It's, 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 the statistics are out there. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if this is in response to that inflation reduction act that they passed, quote unquote, which is actually whatever they say it is, it's actually the opposite. So if they say inflation reduction act, which is so Orwellian and dystopian, it's sickening. It's actually going to make inflation more. $780 billion. I'm sure we'll get into this next episode. So we don't have time in this episode. Inflation Production Act. Yeah, it's going to produce more inflation. $780 billion. We'll get into all that later on in the week. You, you, you got to pay for it somehow, right? Yeah. So they are going to hire 87,000 new IRS agents. and With our tax dollars. To they're, audit us yep. for our tax dollars. And they're going to be coming after all of you listening, all of us. You can almost guarantee it. You know me. I'm done. It's <laughs> over. I, we got until about March or April of 2023 for this podcast, though. <laughs> but but uh, it's, it's, just, it's just unbelievable. I mean, they collected like a record amount of tax revenue this past year. Did they not? Yeah. I mean, they, they, that's out there. You can, you can look that up. They collected a record amount. The government collected a record amount of tax revenue this past year. So now they're going to go out and hire more IRS agents to collect even more. All right. Again, they're not going after the elite. They're not going after the 1%. They're going after the middle class and the lower class. Put your money on it. So um, we'll get into all that. Uh, do you want to start to wrap up here? We're, we're yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, we got a few quick the, hits. The 54-minute mark or so. Yeah, we got a few quick hits here, and then we're going to end with about a 10-minute video of a speech from uh, someone that I found. You're going to love the speech, I promise you. But the first uh, the first topic for our quick hits here. Okay, we immigrants being bussed to D.C. from Texas. The Pentagon is refusing D.C.'s mayor... DC's the DC's mayor's request to have the National Guard there. So the Pentagon's not giving the DC mayor any help with these illegal immigrants being bussed from Texas. Mark, we've been covering this for a while. I mean, I love the Greg Abbott is bussing illegal immigrants up to Washington, DC. I absolutely love it. Because Muriel Bowser, a liberal, far left Democrat, who declared Washington, DC as a sanctuary city and who probably is a proponent of open borders, is now seeing what open borders looks like in her city, right on her front doorstep. So good on you, Greg Abbott, for busing these illegals up to Washington, D.C. And again, New York City. In New York City, correct. And I said before, if you were going to pick one issue to vote on, if you're a one-issue voter, it's got to be the border. It's got to be the border. So... Uh, what's our next quick hit? Okay, so um, I actually posted this. This is like one of the last things I um, I watched before I started into my baby mode thing. Uh, I can't remember what bill Joe Biden was signing, but he spent um, the entire speech beforehand coughing into his hand and generally looking lost. And then 
after the speech where I remind you, he was coughing into his hand the entire time. He proceeded to sign the bill, hand that pen to someone and then shake hands with everyone after coughing into his hand. Who knows if he has COVID again? They're probably not even testing him. That could be a super spreader event. I mean, it's the, the hypocrisy is comical, but there's no difference between vaccinated and unvaccinated. So who fuck, who fucking cares? Yeah. Anymore? But, but let Novak Djokovic not enter the country. Uh, yeah. So he can't play in the U S open. I did see that video of Joe Biden and he was coughing uh, like, like I was when I had bronchitis back in January. I mean, it was, it was, he's, he's just so feeble. Uh, all right, let's just move on. Uh, John Fetterman. I saw the picture of him from on Twitter. Uh, yeah, just look it up. Go to, go to his Twitter account and just find it. I, I think he's just Photoshopped in there. And this is, this is just getting weird. He's clearly Photoshopped in the picture. And it's like he's – is he really a candidate or is he just a cardboard cutout? <laughs> I, I read today that if he beats Dr. Oz, because this is one of the, the, the key Senate races in the country, if not the most important, that if he beats Dr. Oz, he could be – that they are saying that he could be a presidential candidate in 2028. Let that sink in. John Fetterman. <laughs> he, he won't have a brain by 2028. <laughs> he might not. Can you imagine him at a swearing-in ceremony rocking a hoodie and cargo shorts? Uh, I mean... I actually, I, I'm actually I, I done with that in it. a way. I, I, we'll be a thorough <laughs> country by then, so... Yeah, yeah. And we, we'll be being taxed at like a 50% tax rate, oh, so... Yeah. But free cargo but, shorts. But, yeah. But speaking of... And real quick, uh, on our outro here... Before outro, I should say, I did see a Dr. Oz commercial on TV. So Dr. Oz looks like he does have a pulse. Um, he is, he's alive as well. He's apparently campaigning. I read that he was, he stopped at a central PA diner and people wanted to get a picture of them. And I read this article because that he's a celebrity. And that's why someone wanted to get a picture with him. So uh, Dr. Oz is, is alive and well, um, but he still sucks. And we'll see what happens. I mean, anything's possible. Even though he's down on the polls right now, honestly, um, anything's possible. I wouldn't put it past Dr. Oz and pulling out a victory in November, but we will be talking about that race uh, more in the coming weeks. Okay, Mark, do you have anything else? Any other uh, quick hits you want to add? No, that's all. If you want to um, get to um, finish the outro and get to the video, and then yeah. we will see all of you. We'll sign off now. You can listen to the video. Uh, and then we'll see all of you later on in the week. Yes. Like I said, scary road we're going down, guys. Um, my advice, start reading Genesis and move forward from there. So, again, I leave you guys with this 10 to 11-minute video of South Carolina's Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson's speech from CPAC in Texas last week. Again, thanks for listening, everyone. Here he is. Okay. Of course, I got to wait for the ad to stop here. This is embarrassing. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to use that podium. I can't stand still. I got vertigo. I might fall off this stage. Very first thing I'm going to do is always I'm going to give thanks to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the very first thing I'm going to do. I sat on the 27th floor of this hotel last night and looked out over the skyline of Dallas, Texas. I am a poor kid from Greensboro, North Carolina, an alcoholic father uh, my, who died when I was 12 years old. My mother made me the man that I am. Every strike that the left says I have, I had against me. Poor, black, 
uh, a widowed mom living on the wrong side of the tracks. But that poor black kid from the wrong side of the tracks was sitting on the 27th floor of this hotel overlooking the Dallas skyline as the first black lieutenant governor of North Carolina. America is still the greatest nation on earth. And I don't care what these communists say. I don't care what these socialists say. I don't care what these blue haired freaks say with a tackle box in their face at the college campus. This is the greatest nation on earth and it's all because of God. He's the one that made it possible. So we give him thanks first and foremost. So now let me get into what I got to tell you. July 2nd, 1863, a town called Gettysburg, a place called the Little Round Top. It was undefended. And the Union Army realized that if the Confederates took that high ground, they could win that battle. They sent troops to defend that, uh, that place. And among those troops was a man named Joshua Chamberlain from Maine. Joshua Chamberlain was with the 20th Maine. And the 20th Maine became the far left flank of the Union position and was told, hold this position at all costs. Because as you go, so goes the battle. Chamberlain's unit, the 20th, was attacked, attacked by the Confederates several times, and they repulsed every attack. But they found themselves without ammunition. They found themselves in desperate straits. And Chamberlain knew that if he did not win that battle on that hill, that, the possibly, that possibly the entire battle would be lost. So he talked to his men, and he implored his men, and he stilled their spines. And he told them to attach their metal bayonets to their wooden rifles. And they lined up and they swung down that hill in the fashion of a picket fence. And they swept those Confederates off of that hill, came back up on the hill, reform reformed, and won the day. Chamberlain went on to become known as the Lion of Little Round Top and received the Medal of Honor for his actions on that day. Why do I bring that up? I bring that up because the world now is Gettysburg and America is Little Round Top. And you, you are the soldiers that stand on that hill in this defense. I want you to notice what I said. I did not say Congress was the soldier standing on the hill. The Senate is not the, the, the soldier standing on the hill. The city council is not the soldiers standing on the hill. You are the soldiers standing on the hill in defense of this nation. You are. It is up to you to hold this line. Because we're standing on this hill now, and what do we see? We look down that hill, and who do we see charging up? We, saw, we see a whole horde being led by Jim Crow Joe, Nasty Nancy, and Chump, Sh Chump Schumer. They're coming up the hill followed by a whole raft of socialist nitwits who believe that a baby in the womb is a clump of cells and do not honor life in the womb. They believe that you should not have a firearm to protect yourself, but that you should pay for them to have firearms to protect them. They don't believe that your children should be educated. They believe that they should be indoctrinated. They're dragging up that hill all types of things. CRT transgenderism, this idea of birthing people. Who in the world came up with that garbage? 
They're dragging up this socialist idea that criminals should not be punished, that they should be allowed to run rampant, that our borders should be wide open, that our police should be demonized, that our veterans should be dishonored. And they're also pushing this agenda to tell you that unless you go get a shot, you cannot keep your job or open your business or go to church. See those folks that are coming up that hill. There's a word for them. They're called socialists. They're called communists. I just prefer to call them idiots. So now what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Why do I talk about Joshua Chamberlain in the 20th Maine? I talk about Joshua Chamberlain in the 20th Maine because that is who we come from. We do not come from a weak, ineffective, jellyback people that when trouble happens, we find a safe space and try to find a counselor to talk about it. Americans stand up and fight for what they believe in and will put their lives on the line for what they believe in. They will put their money where their mouth is. And when the times get tough, you had best believe that Americans get going, just like they did on Little Round Talk. They don't lay down, they don't back up, they don't quit. They stand up with everything in them and they push forward. You see, we got a lot of things we got to fix in this nation. We got a president right now that could barely string together two sentences. Somebody told me uh, the other day, I saw Joe Biden on TV and I don't think he was blinking. I told him I think his servos were probably broken on the remote control. You see what happens. Place a line. Well, I would say a lamb, but that's an insult to lamb. I'm not really sure what our current president is. I'm not really sure if he realizes what he is. But I know this. In November, we have got to stand on that hill and we have got to declare to America that conservative principles win the day and conservative principles work. So we've got to get out. We've got to fight. We've got to talk to our friends and neighbors. Can't be the silent majority anymore. Silence never did anything in this nation. Imagine if the founders had been silent. Imagine if the abolitionists had been silent. Imagine if all the folks who came before you that made today possible had been silent and refused to stand up and fight. It's time to talk to our neighbors. It's time to talk to our friends. It's time to tell our families the good story about what conservatism does. It's time to remind them of the good days under President Donald Trump. You know, President Donald Trump, the one that CNN and ABC and the rest of all these Lying news agencies, don't get me started. I ain't got but three minutes. I can go three days talking about how pitiful the news media is. So let me say this to the news media. I'm going to tell you this once, and I've already told you before. I'm not scared of the news media. 
And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, last time I shook at my shoes was the last time uh, my mom or daddy took their belt off uh, for me. And that was a long time ago. There's only one that can take their belt off on me, and he sits high and he looks low. He is the ruler of this world, and it is not ABC, CBS, or NBC. Those agencies don't have the answers because they don't even know what the question is. So I don't if anything I stand firm. And when they get mad, I know I'm doing it right. We got to stand up. We got to stand tall. We got to stand firm. Because now is not the time for what was called long ago cowards and shirkers. See, the cowards and shirkers got no place right now. Unfortunately, uh, in Washington, D.C., we got a lot of cowards and shirkers. But guess who can get rid of those cowards and shirkers? The men on that hill. And who is the men on that hill? It is you. Folks, I didn't come here today to encourage my colleagues. They don't need any encouragement. I came here today to encourage you to stand up and be the king and queens that you need to be to study your Bible, read your constitution, and carry those truths into the political arena so that we can save this nation from the socialist horde that is trying to drag it down into the pit of hell. It is going to be up to you. You must be the leader. You must be the ones to save this nation. You think about it. When this country was in peril during the revolution, who saved it? It was the soldiers on the field, the ordinary men and women. When it was in peril during the Civil War, who saved it? The ordinary men and women. When it was in peril during World War I and World War II and all of our other calamities, who saved it? It was the ordinary American who stood up and did extraordinary things. It is time for you to stand up and do extraordinary things. Like I said, intelligent words from an intelligent man. He has my vote for whatever he runs for. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great day.